Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to the Kind Parenting Company podcast. I'm Jackie Ward and I'm Kylie Camps. Join us as we explore topics and share evidence-based information, all while honoring our commitment to kind parenting practices. This is a safe space for conversation and reflections on parenting and motherhood, designed to best support you in raising your little loves and to be the parent you want to be. We are so excited that you're here. Let's jump into today's episode. In today's podcast, I'm going to speak with you about five things you absolutely must know, absolutely must consider when it comes to the topic of catnapping. Now, when I say catnapping, I'm referring to short sleeps. And if you're anything like me, short sleeps through the day, I should say, if you're anything like me before you had kids, perhaps you didn't realize how much you might find yourself saying the word catnap. And I can remember thinking after the boys were born, you know, a couple of weeks into motherhood, oh my gosh, never have I heard this term used so frequently, but all of a sudden, so many of my conversations were centered around the dreaded catnapping. When you put your baby or your babies down for a sleep through the day, and they only sleep between 20 to 40 minutes, sometimes a little bit longer, kind of the average length of one sleep cycle. And it can be frustrating for your little ones because it can mean that they're not getting the sleep that they need. Now, I also want to be really clear. Newborns are, by design, going to sleep in short stints. I'm talking about once your baby gets a little bit older, more towards the three-month age bracket, you might notice that your son or daughter is waking up after that one sleep cycle, after that one cat nap, and they're waking up frustrated. They're becoming more irritated as the day goes on because they're not getting that quality sleep when they're linking sleep cycles, that restorative rest through the day, which babies need. I remember when I was doing in-home consultations, I would often describe the importance of a good day sleep as if you imagine your baby's brain, I guess, to be a basket and everything that they are observing when they're awake. So right down to just a shape against a wall, sounds, everything, all of their senses that they're taking in, that basket's getting full. If they don't have a quality sleep, it's like that basket doesn't get a chance to be processed and be emptied, ready to take more information and more senses in the next time they are awake, if that makes sense. (laughs) You'll get used to my strange little explanations of things because I'm a real visual person. So when I'm thinking about a concept, I'm always thinking, oh, how would I describe that? to someone like me who learns through imagining an actual picture. So that's why I do like that basket analogy. And it helps to understand why 
babies and toddlers as well get frustrated if they're not getting enough rest because it's like they've got information overload and we know particularly with toddlers when they're overtired rather than winding down in the way that an adult might rather than kind of going power down and feeling you know that energy crash often toddlers amp up and go the other way but that is another conversation for another day so back to catnapping It can be frustrating for your baby. It can also be really hard for you as a carer because 20, 40, even 50 minutes is not much time at all. By the time you put your baby down, you get out of their room or wherever you are and you need to go to the bathroom, you might need to eat something yourself, you need to do the washing, you need to pick up after said baby um, amongst all the other life admin 40 minutes goes really, really fast. It's barely time to finish a cup of tea when you're running around doing everything else. And the old sleep when the baby sleeps is not very helpful if he or she is only sleeping in a really short time frame. So there are a couple of things that I wanted to touch on in this episode when it comes to catnapping. First and foremost, it's important to understand that often for babies, the way that they fall asleep is the way that they expect to stay asleep. So what I mean by this is if you are rocking your baby to get to sleep, and again, I don't want you to take this to um, and apply it to newborns because newborns still think they're a part of you. It's different. But once they're a little bit older, if you are rocking your baby to sleep, if you're driving them to sleep in the car and we've all been there, if they need a dummy to get to sleep, um, whatever it is, whatever association or prop they're relying on to fall asleep and more often than not as parents, we become the prop, they will look for that to settle back to sleep. So you imagine you're assisting your baby to get to sleep in the first place. You put him or her down at the 40 minute mark. They start to stir and they're coming out of sleep. They're transitioning between different levels of sleep. So they're coming into a lighter stage of sleep and they might begin to look for whatever that behavior was that put them to sleep initially. So as they wake up a little bit and go, oh, hang on. I'm not being rocked. Hang on. I've spat my dummy out. My dummy's not in my mouth. I don't have my sucking motion to get back to sleep. I don't have the car, whatever it is. They then are going to likely call out and let you know something's wrong here. Mum, dad, I can't get back to sleep. I need to get back to sleep with that prop. And more often than not, as parents, we kind of get caught up in habits and behaviors that work and I'm saying work in quotes because we go this is the only thing that's working but you have to be a little more objective and ask yourself is it working short term but maybe not working long term might be a band-aid solution and we all go through stages and phases when give me all the band-aids and that's what we need to do but at times when you say to yourself you know co-sleeping is the only thing that's working but none of you are getting a good sleep and it's bleeding into other areas of your life and making you dread bedtime, perhaps it's not really working effectively and efficiently and it's not sustainable long-term. 
And so when your little one calls out to you to notify you of this horrible situation that they don't have the situation that they had initially to fall asleep, we race back in and more often than not, we do what works in the moment and that is to give them, give them that prop, give them that association. It's to pick them up and put them on the boob, put them on the bottle, put the dummy back in pick them up and bounce them, all of those things because they work in the moment. But what we are then doing is creating this loop where we are reinforcing the behavior of call out, get that prop back in there. And then we are kind of like cementing that pattern, cementing that routine, that belief that your baby does need that prop to fall asleep. So it's something to be mindful of. Often the way a baby falls asleep is the way that he or she will expect to stay asleep. Now, when I would explain this to parents, a lot of the time, some parents would say, okay, great. I'm just going to completely change everything and I'm no longer going to bounce him or her. We're going to get rid of the dummy, all of that stuff. And I can appreciate that for some families that works really well. And it depends on the baby's temperament and the baby's age and those sorts of things too. But there are other things to take into consideration. You want to set your son or daughter up for success and just going cold turkey isn't always the easiest or the kindest, I guess, approach in making changes. The other thing to consider is the wake period. So when I say wake period, I'm referring to the amount of time, the amount of hours your baby is awake between sleeps during the day. Sometimes catnapping can be as simple as either increasing or decreasing the amount of time that he or she is awake and the way that they're spending their awake time as well. There have been so many times over the years where we have worked with families that just as simple as adding 20 minutes of really active wake time can make a big difference to the baby's sleep. And when I say active, of course, what I mean is active in an age appropriate way. So that could mean for a little one who is enjoying no nappy time. You might also add in some encouragement for some cross body reaching, those sorts of skills. They take up energy. Um, They use energy, I should say, for your little one. And that can make a difference as well. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So if your baby is staying awake happily, for 60 minutes, but catnapping, you might want to try keeping them awake for 90 minutes, depending on their age, and seeing how that impacts the sleep. Now, sometimes people will tend to rely on sleep cues, 
when it comes to putting their little ones down. But sleep cues aren't always reliable. It's not always reliable to go, oh, okay, she's pulling on her ear. must mean she's ready for sleep. And sometimes our babies will display those typical sleep cues that we've been told about when they're not ready. And then I guess the opposite side to that is if you are waiting for sleep cues or you're kind of in the mindset of thinking, well, if I keep my baby up longer, surely he or she will sleep longer. It does not work like that. Sometimes if babies and toddlers as well are awake for too long, it compromises the sleep duration and sleep quality. And that can be a hard one for people to get their head around. I know my dad, like, He's incredible, but he will still say things to me like, oh, you know, the babies, because my sister has twins as well and they're not babies anymore. But back when they were, the babies just need to be kept up longer. They need to be put to bed later so that they sleep better. And it's like, no, no, no. I know it's counterintuitive, but that kind of adult way of thinking about how we feel ourselves does not tend to apply at all to babies or toddlers. Next up is something else that might seem a little bit counterintuitive to begin with, but I do encourage parents to give their babies a chance to resettle. Often when we are in a catnapping stage, you might find yourself glued to the monitor or waiting outside of their bedroom, ready to go at that 40 minute mark because you know what's going to happen. And sometimes you feel like you just want to get in there and mitigate this issue and try and fix and help your baby get back to sleep ASAP so that they don't wake fully. And now giving them a chance to resettle will go one of two ways, right? There are so many times when I was working with families in home, that it was really, really surprising for parents to see how fast they are going in to assist their baby back to sleep. And of course, if your baby's upset and distressed, get straight in there. Always use your own judgment in that instance, for sure. I'm a really soft, nurturing mum, and I could never leave my boys to cry it out on their own when they were really upset. But if your baby wakes up and they're kind of just cooing a little bit, they're kind of just calling out intermittently, they're letting you know they're awake, they might be saying, hey, bring back that prop, please, mum and dad. Maybe just set a timer. And when I would do this in in in-home consultations, Parents were surprised that it was less than 30 seconds before they were wanting to go into their baby's room. But sometimes if we just waited till the 60 second, the 90 second, the two minute mark, parents would be shocked when their babies managed to go back to sleep. So just set a timer and notice how fast are you going in there? Now, of course, it could mean that your baby wakes fully And it goes the other way and that sleep is over. But at least then you have some intel on how fast you've been going in to help him or her get back to sleep or how fast you've been going in to call that sleep over. Which brings me to my next point. Rather than going, okay, this sleep is complete, this sleep is over, I do encourage parents 
to try a resettle. And I'm a big fan of a hands-on resettle so that your baby knows you are there. Rather than doing intervals of letting him or her cry it out or the pick up put down method, which can absolutely work for some babies, I tend to start with trying the hands-on settle, which you'll find all of the details in our Kind Parenting Company programs. We have the KPC programs one, two, three, and then Toddler Life, and we talk you through step-by-step a hands-on settle. And you also have with programs one, two, three, unlimited access to videos where you can see a settle happening in real life. Try that, and I tend to think, one minute per month old to try that if you're in there with them and you are comfortable that's a great place to begin next up i want you to consider your baby's sleep environment a lot of the time and i was like this as well but a lot of the time parents tend to think okay i want to make day sleeps different to nighttime sleeps because I want him or her to learn the difference between day versus night. The best way that you can help your son or daughter learn the difference between day and night sleeps is by setting up a rhythm. It's by having a routine throughout the day, which will encourage their body clock to set and get used to those slightly shorter sleeps, you know, the 90 minutes to two hours through the day, and then that longer stretch overnight as they can handle it. It's really not about putting your baby in an area with lots of natural sunlight for a day sleep, because you might think that that sends a message to them that this is a day sleep. I treat day sleeps the same way that I treat nighttime sleeps in terms of a nice dark room, an appropriate temperature, appropriate sleepwear, swaddling your baby. All of those things, if age appropriate, really do help with catnapping. So often parents would just say, no, no, day sleeps. I don't want to swaddle him or her because I don't want, you know, I don't want my baby to think it's nighttime. It's, it's not going to work like that. If you have to get to the point where at 90 minutes or two hours, you're waking your son or daughter because they're having such great sleeps through the day. That's a good thing. (laughs) It can be a really, really good thing. And with time, their little body clock adjusts and they will, get on the day-night schedule with ease, but a routine and rhythm throughout the day is a big one. And I know the word routine can be polarizing at times because it brings up thoughts and feelings of restriction and military-like precision and all of that stuff. But if you think about it, most of us do have a rhythm to our days. It doesn't have to be to the minute, to the clock, But most of us have a bit of a flow that we tend to keep coming back to through our own day. And so if we can create a flow, a rhythm, that routine, that structure framework a little bit for a baby, it does help. Babies and toddlers thrive when they can predict what's coming next. So if your baby is struggling with catnaps and you're struggling with it as well, just know You are not alone. So many parents are in the same boat and there are things you can do to help your little one get through this stage and to improve the quality of rest at the duration of daytime sleep. Have a little think about these points that I've shared with you in this podcast. 
If you're interested in learning more about negative sleep associations, and what I mean by negative sleep associations, I mean unsustainable. Back to what I said about asking yourself, is this really working or is it just working in the moment to get you through to the next moment? We really want to create more sustainable patterns and behaviors because it really does help the whole family unit including your baby so have a think about these points if you're interested in learning more about negative sleep associations ways that you can slightly tilt away from those and towards more positive sleep associations which can be more sustainable help your baby your son or daughter to learn how to settle on their own happily it's one of the biggest gifts you can give to yourself and your your family, really. Um, jump over to the Kind Parenting Company website. Have a look through our programs. If you enjoy the podcast, you will likely enjoy the programs because they all have audio files that you have unlimited access to. So say you purchase program one, you can go straight to the section on dummies if When I was speaking earlier, you were like, oh, the dummy, that's the issue. You know, we keep having to replace it. You can go to the section on dummies and get some pointers there. And then it will tell you a little, give you a little more information on where to from there. What else to look at? Because if you're removing the dummy, but you're not adjusting the wake periods or you're not comfortable with the hands on settle, it's going to be more of an uphill battle. So check out the KPC programs. We've got Toddler Life, which I think really is appropriate up until about four and a half. I know I've even had parents who have five-year-olds who love Toddler Life. You can check out the contents pages over on the kindparentingcompany.com website. And we would love, love to see you in the forum as well. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to both Jackie and I. If you take a screenshot, pop it up on your Instagram stories, tag us at The Kind Parenting Company. You can also tag me at Kylie Camps, particularly if you have been following since my boys, who are nearly eight, which I cannot believe, but if you've been following along since my boys were really little and you listen to this podcast and you're like, oh, I remember, like I remember you telling us this on Snapchat, upload it to your stories and let me know and I will share it on my story as well. I really hope you're enjoying the KPC podcast and both Jackie and I are so incredibly excited to make this a really, really helpful and thoughtful resource for mums and dads. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Be sure to hit subscribe and also to head over to thekindparentingcompany.com to check out our resources. We hope to see you in the forum soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.